All right, Bears fans, the holiday season is approaching, and we have the perfect gift for you. It is the Perfect Package 3.0 by Manscaped, the number one recommended gift all year long. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0, which is the best men's below-the-belt grooming trimmer, which can also be used on any part of the body. Hairy chest or back? Look no further. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is designed to reduce cuts and makes for a smooth trim. This 7,000 RPM trimmer has helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. In addition, you'll find other liquid formulations inside the perfect package like their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, and Reduced Chafing Boxer Briefs. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know your man is in good hands. Your lady won't be disappointed either. Save 20% off plus free shipping with the code SHY at manscaped.com. Again, that is code CHI, SHY, in the Manscaped shop for 20% off and free shipping. Now back to Bears Nation Podcast. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast. And boy, is there stuff to talk about today. We are recording this on Monday the 30th, uh, the day after the Bears absolutely get their teeth kicked in and embarrassed on Monday, uh, Sunday Night Football on national television uh, to the Packers, no less, in Lambeau Field. They lose 41 to 25. Uh, the Mitch Trubisky revenge tour over before it even started. And this team is a joke. And if you are still investing any of your time literally into this team, um, I advise you to stop doing so because until anything changes, until either the team gets sold or there's new people in charge, nothing is going to change. And I am all the way out on this team. Well, well, that is one way to start a podcast. My goodness, Jake is is hot. He's hot. He's ready to go. Well, um, if, I mean, literally, if you you can't defend this team anymore. That's why. Uh, if you are defending this team, if you are wasting good oxygen on defending uh, this team, this ownership, this management, then please do me a favor listen. and take a hike because that is absolutely a waste of good, pure oxygen that could go to literally anything else because – if you are licking the boots of this team, I don't want anything to do with you. Like this team, after watching that, that was the first time I've been on this earth in 23 years. And I tweeted this. That's the first time ever across any sport that I've turned a game off out of embarrassment ever. Bulls, Blackhawks, Bears, Cardinals, anything. I've never turned a game off before that time. I got about five minutes into the second half and I could not, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. That was absolutely embarrassing. Absolutely a joke. And I, Everything needs to change. Everybody needs to be fired. And if Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are still here at the end of the day, if Ted Phillips is still here at the end of the season, I'm going to fight Virginia McCaskey myself. <laughs> well, the world finally knows Jake is a Cardinals fan. So there yeah, you have it. If you didn't know, I mean, this dude's all Chicago all day long until it comes to baseball and he's rooting for St. Louis. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that's about. Unbelievable. That's Can you believe shameful. that? That is shameful. Anyway, let, let's let's get back to the Bears here. And and here's the thing, guys. Like, yes, there there is a lot to be upset about, and we are gonna break it down. And there, you know, there's a lot going wrong. But what I think I've noticed this week, 
more than any other week. And based off of what people are saying and everyone says, tear it down, tear this down, tear that down. Okay, yes, I get it. But I think we have to understand one major thing that people are not talking about. First of all, people say this team stinks, right? This team stinks. They suck. They're bad. They're terrible. All this, all that, right? And that may be valid, but you have to evaluate what that statement means. This team does not have a bad roster. Let me tell you that right now. This team does not have a bad roster. We know, Chris, Jake, everybody listening to this podcast knows that this roster is a Super Bowl caliber roster. Can we at least admit that real quick? Yes. Sure. Okay. So here's uh, the issue, guys. Yeah. This We're coming off a week where Adam Shaheen scored a touchdown. Trey Burton scored a touchdown. You have Leonard Floyd, who has more sacks than Aaron Donald. And then you watch your Chicago Bears with all these guys, all these ter- players who are supposed to be talented, just get destroyed by the Green Bay Packers. And you wonder, well, why is this happening? And this is the biggest issue with this organization and with this franchise currently. They do not get the most out of their players. People ask, well, why has Khalil Mack regressed the past two years? Where's Robert Quinn been? What's all this about? Guys, Robert Quinn's not a bad football player. A player just doesn't have 20 sacks and then 11 and a half sacks last year and be a bad football player. Khalil Mack isn't just a bad football player. This comes down to one person and the whole entire coaching staff not getting the most out of their players and the regression that we've seen since Nagy came here. I mean, that is that is the most blatant thing to me. So people say, yeah, Ryan Pace is, is terrible and all this and break it all down. Okay, that may be fine. If that's the way that it needs to happen, you know, do it. But I think we have to understand that that is the most glaring issue and when you talk about the evaluation and the and the breakdown of this team and you try to answer the questions as to why they're five and six and why they put up the performance they did on Sunday night, that is the main reason right there. And it's so blatant to me. And for some reason, I've had this realization after that game last night and after this week that that is the main issue with this team. Ryan Pace has not been the greatest GM. He also hasn't been the worst GM there is. So I'm not sitting here defending Ryan Pace, but I'm saying and I'm telling you that this team has the talent. They don't have the coaching to make this team run. So when you talk about breaking it down, that's fine. But you have to you have to consider those things. And I think that is the most important thing to consider. But Chris, we've been rambling, and I know you've got a hell of a lot of thoughts. If you guys don't follow Chris on Twitter, you better follow him on Twitter because he has been going off the past few hours and the past few days, as rightfully he should. He's already into his draft stuff, came up with his latest mock draft already. Chris, this is your time to fire away now. I, I'm not one to ever really to my own horn I, I promise I'm not but I just I, I'm going back to last year um, it was like around mid-season and that was when I personally first started questioning Matt Nagy it, it was honestly even earlier than mid-season but it was around like the quarter you know quarter season area um, and and I just started watching this offense and I'm like, man, this stuff is bad. Like this team, uh, this team is bad. That was my first thought. This team is bad. So, you know, time progresses, whatever, and nothing's getting better. And, you know, I, I keep going back on, on if the players are good or not. And, you know, I honestly don't think we will find that answer out. Like I, I'm going back to even 2018 right now. Look at how well Anthony Miller played. OK, we thought we had a rising mm-hmm. star. Like, you can't tell me that guy just forgot how to play football. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? It's just it's one of those things where it's like you you look at this, you dig deeper into it. I know me and Kevin have brought this up a lot. I'm sh- And I know Jake has agreed with all of this, but no player on the Bears offense. I, and honestly, you can even bring up the defense. What 
player that was on the Bears from 2018 till now has gotten better, that you can say has gotten better? And I honestly can't think of one. I cannot think of one. Maybe Roquan Smith. Yeah, okay? that was the only but one Roquan, I was going to say. But Roquan Smith was a top 10 pick. Like, this is what, you know, people expected of him. And that's not, you know, I'm not taking any credit away from Pace for that pick because I know a lot of people, there were a lot of people that didn't agree with that pick. But, you, you know, like outside of Roquan, who can you say has gotten better? And to me, that answer is nobody. And I think that speaks volumes, man. Like, that, that really does say a lot. Um, and then, you know, you, you think about that and then you, you look at, you know, the performances on the field and, it, and it, it adds up. You know, it really does. Like nobody's getting better. And then the team um, is getting worse. Like that just, you know, that's just how it's going to go. With that being said, um, I, I, I do think there like there's a part of me that thinks we slightly overrated this team um, the past couple of years. Um, you know, the players, I, I don't think, I don't think you could say that you can't say you mm-hmm. overrated this team when you have Khalil Mack, when you have Kyle no. Fuller, when you have Roquan no, Smith, when you had the make, when you had the makings of a solid offensive line mm-hmm. in which most of that <laughs> unit went to the, uh, at least one pro bowl, if not more. And you had all the makings of what should have been a year in and year out playoff team. And then you, you hire this ass clown who has just completely <laughs> mismanaged the team. <laughs> Who completely, oh! who completely is an absolute oh! joke of a coach. It is laughable. That man should be la- Matt Nagy should be laughed out of the building for yeah. even venturing to even think about blaming the defense for the performance. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, the defense yeah. got carved apart year in and year out. Aaron Rod- Aaron Rodgers plays this team like a damn fiddle. But yeah. that being said, that's uh, the 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 balls on him to come out and say the defense needs to play better. The defense needs to show up. That's absolutely laughable it's a joke it's a complete joke like that has to be a bit he's doing he can't actually believe that there's no way you how how do you blame that unit for what has happened over the last two two and a half years it's a joke you can't say that there is no basis for you as the head coach to say yeah this is on the defense pal you've won seven games in your head in your head coaching tenure here seven games in which your offense has scored less than 20 points and you've won those games so don't even even think about coming at me about the defense because that is an absolute joke of a statement to make and that man should be laughed out of town for that i i cannot okay i'm just gonna like break this down really quick i woke up a little bit late today later than i normally wake up i woke up around noon which is very rare for me so i was kind of late to the party on twitter but i woke up and i and that was the first thing i saw and literally, my reaction was pretty much what you just heard out of Jake. I, I'm I look over, um, I look over to my cousin, um, who, who I'm staying with, and he was just, and I, I was like, dude, you will not believe this. I just showed it to him, and I was like, holy, like this guy can't be serious right now. Like I have two problems with with what he said. One is pretty much everything Jake said, and the second part is okay. You are the head coach of the team. If there's no sense of urgency, that falls on you, you big moron. Like, that's on you. Like, I, I, I'm not understanding what he was doing trying to say that. Like, I mean, are you just putting the blame on Pagano and the defense? Like, come on, dude, get real. Like, this is your team. If they're not showing sense of urgency, that's your fault. And that, you know, like, I, I just, I'm so confused on, on what he was trying to get out of that. I am not one to be defending Matt Nagy, but I, I interpreted that differently. What I thought about that was 
he was well first of all the disease the defense deserved to get ripped in the first place okay the defense played terrible absolutely horrible um but the reason he i think the reason he said the things he said is because of the standard they are held to i mean this defense is held to a specific standard and what they did on sunday night is nowhere near what they are capable and what they should be doing so i think that's where that rhetoric kind of came from uh is the fact that he knows that this defense can play a lot better than it did on sunday night they're held to that standard as they should be and they didn't perform that way um but i don't because i don't necessarily think he was blaming them I, I don't know why people i don't know if he was blaming them i think he was just trying to make the point and look i am not one to defend matt Nagy at but, this but to moment. call them but to call them out for not showing that's up problem. when they're the only that's unit that's showed up in the last two yeah. years when the coaching hasn't yeah. shown up and the offense hasn't shown up and everything else has not shown up and the defense is the most consistent part of the last two years the last three years and then now you choose to say oh yeah the deep the one time the one time your yeah. defense has a bad game and the last three years the one time and i get it it's against the packers fine that's more frustrating whatever but granted aaron Rodgers is playing like an mvp this season and also they've done literally everything you've asked over the last three years and now the one time that they don't show up uh and or they don't play to their usual standard is when you go you immediately jump on them it's it's the same thing with the benching of trubisky he saw he saw the open shot and he took it just because it was there even though it was completely unwarranted yeah, and, and honestly, my, my biggest thing with that, Kevin, um, is literally exactly what Jake said. And and just like look back at every time uh, these past five weeks, okay, um, or these past five games, they've asked him about the offense, and you know he's always like, oh, you know, we got to get better, of course, this and that. And then like kind of like what Jake said, the one time the defense doesn't play well, you're all up in arms. Like it was kind of like his tone and the words he he was using that was like, dude. Like the offense has been garbage for years, and and I haven't seen this fire. I haven't seen you talk like this. Uh, but you know, the one time the defense does, you you know, you want a sense of urgency. How about we? If we had a sense of urgency from the offense the past couple of years, we wouldn't be talking like how we are right now. So, um, I, I get your point, Kevin, but I I, I completely disagree. I I'm taking it kind of in a way that he's putting blame on the defense. He's scrambling. He's scrambling. Right. And and Kevin is right to a certain extent. Like. The defense absolutely deserves to get ripped for yesterday, but it was just the manner in which he did it. Um, doing that publicly after, you know, there was never that type of, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but that type of fire, you know, when, when they asked him about the offense, I didn't say accountability. Didn't say, yeah, there's exactly. never that accountability. Exactly. And I didn't see him say, oh, well, you know, I, I want a freaking sense of urgency from our, from our offensive players. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you look at it from, from that scope, it's like really like I don't know, man. That is, it's it's pathetic, pathetic. And I know a lot of people are are, are out on him after that if they weren't uh, already. Yeah, there are a lot of people who who did not like that that specific statement and are you know that kind of just pushed the needle even further on him after last night. I mean, people already wanted him fired, and then he I guess he didn't really help his case this morning uh, in that press conference. But man, I mean. I just, I mean, I think you guys have to understand too, it does go beyond Nagy. I mean, what are we talking about here? It was what, I think third and eight or something inside the red zone or inside the 30-yard line. Packers had the ball early on in the game and Chuck Pagano rushes three. 
I mean, what against Aaron Rodgers? He rushes three. Yeah. I mean, th- this is this is the yeah. whole coaching staff here. Uh, this this is not just Matt Nagy. This is Chuck Pagano, who has obviously we've seen, and they, this is a hard man to live up to. But he's been a major downgrade from Vic Fangio, and I think we can all a little bit, you know, really respect Vic Fangio and and what he did in 2018 and the kind of defensive coach he is. Not the greatest head coach over in Denver, but one hell of a defensive coach. Um, you know, Bill Lazor, whatever. I mean, uh, you know, some of these other coaches, you know, that whether it's the specific player coach. Like none of these guys, like I said before, have been able to get the best out of their players. And then once again tonight, you know, or last night, sorry, you know, you don't even see Artavis Pierce, Lamar Miller, or any of those guys on the field once again. Riley Ridley finally plays, but then it's just like, okay, well, where's that guy been all along? All of this. I mean, you could play this game all day with this staff. So I think you know, just to reiterate that, that is, it's just the one thing that irks me the most, because again, we, we watch teams year in and year. And what I guess what I'm trying to get to guys is this is not a situation where a full rebuild is necessary. I don't think, you know, everyone, the sky is falling down in Chicago right now, and people are expecting a full rebuild, something that might take years. That, that is not the current situation in this team. I honestly see a scenario where you could bring in a different head coach and you have the pieces there in place. A coach is going to give undrafted rookies an opportunity. A coach is going to give an opportunity to a free agent you picked up mid-season. A coach is going to give an opportunity to your fourth-round pick from 2019. A coach is going to do all those things, and all of a sudden, you get the right quarterback, whether it's a free agent, which I think is possible, or maybe a rookie, and you're right back in the mix immediately in 2021. I really do think it could be that uh, quick because of what we've seen. I, I, I am all on board that opinion, and I don't think I'm going to That's all fine and good, and I would, I would generally agree with you. If you get the right person, you can get this, you can do a retool you might have to trade one or two pieces but for the most part all the everything that you need is there the formula is there however you have you're you're looking this at a micro level look at it a macro level you have to look at who's making these decisions if you're still letting the same people make the decisions that change the future of this franchise then -hmm. nothing's going to change if you're still letting ryan pace make the decisions nothing's going to change if you're still letting ted phillips make the decisions nothing's going to change so and, and and I would go further to say if you're still letting the McCaskies make the decisions, you're nothing's going to change. However, I will stop at Ted Phillips because those that's probably as high as it's likely to go. Needs to be gone because if you're letting the same people who have been in charge over this mediocrity, they're just going to pick more mediocrity. They're going to find someone who underwhelms again. They're going to find someone who botches the assignment. And then you're going to be in the same spot three years from now, four years from now. you gotta, you got to get the people in charge to make those decisions. you got to get the people who will make the correct decisions. Because otherwise, we're going to be having this conversation again in three years. Yeah. Um, this is how I view this. So in my, in my opinion, I think there are too many holes with this team. Um, and holes mm-hmm. that will be opening holes that will be opening up. I also majorly because, disagree. Holes that will be opening up also because of age. Okay, let's look at the cap situation. Okay, the Bears are screwed on cap, and there are a couple players. Well, Allen Robinson. Here's my thing: if Allen Robinson doesn't get re-signed, there is absolutely no reason to to retool instead of rebuild. And my whole and this whole thing about retooling is the absolute like when has retooling ever worked? Give me one. Like if you're going to if you're going to, you know, if there's going to be some overturn on the roster, you better be rebuilding because you're setting yourself up for mediocrity for even longer. If you try if you're just trying Mm -hmm. to retool, because I think half this team is going to be too old when you're ready to actually go again um, to where I I just don't even think it's worth it, honestly. Um, And like what what can you even do to retool like 
that you know what I mean? Like you, you, you include cap into all of this. Like there's not, you can't really pivot from, from where you're at right now. That That's my whole thing. That's why I think they have to tear it down. I don't think there's an option for them to retool because you talk about the QB like that. I mean, if you don't have a QB, like, you, are, can you even, you know, how can you even say you want the team to compete? We don't even know who the quarterback is going to be. Um, that's that's why I just think there's too much. That, that There's just too much uncertainty to, for me. Um, and, and but the whole argument of why I disagree, Kevin, is because I just don't think there's a there's such thing as retooling. I don't think that works. I think I don't think you can have. I, I would disagree with that. We just we works. just we just watched the Patriots do it for 20 years. We yeah. ju- we've been watching uh-huh. the Seahawks do it for the last seven yep. or eight years. Yep. Yeah, like, man, it, it, it can be done. And that takes me back to my point. you got to have the right people making the decisions, because if you it can be done, you can do it right. But I mean, look at I mean the Steelers too. The Steelers have been doing it for years and years and years. If you do it right and you get some continuity, you can do it. Like it, it can be done. Retooling, like you guys don't, you guys think, you, you guys don't think that there are a lot of holes in this team. No, I would, I, I would agree. So I, 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 I think, there, I, I think, you, I think you're in a spot, and this is why this is so massive. This is such a big decision, and this, it's so important to get the right people because you're at, you're at a crossroads. You can either go for the rebuild or the retool, whatever you want to call it, because there are holes. Objectively, there are holes that need to be filled. But on the other side of that coin, you also have guys like Jalen Johnson on a rookie deal. You have Darnell Mooney on a rookie deal. You have Cody Whitehair locked up. You have James Daniels on his uh, rookie deal. You have these pieces in place. You're at a crossroads. So that's how this decision needs to be made. You need to get someone in here. Depending on what you want to do, if you want to go forward, if you can get the right person that says, okay, I can work with this, this, and this, we change this and this, get assets for whatever, let's say, and this would be an unpopular decision, but let's say you have someone walk in and say, all right, let's get some assets for Khalil Mack that we can use in this upcoming draft to address the holes. You turn one asset into two or three, you need to get the right person. You need to have the right person making the decisions and making the calls because otherwise, like I said, we're going to be having this conversation again in a couple of years and then you're going nowhere. So you need yeah. to get someone who can objectively look at because Ryan Pace is saying, oh, we got it. We got it. We got We can do this. We can make this work. We can make this work. He's trying to put, put a square piece into a circle hole. That's not going to work. You need someone who can objectively look at the situation, see what you have and what you do not have and come up with a plan. Yeah. Okay, so I, let's let's see what you have though. I mean, this I like we just got off saying earlier in the podcast that you think this is a talented roster. You think that the coach hasn't gotten the most out of his players, and yet we're still here talking about the fact that there's holes on the roster and there needs to be rebuilt. Guys, I would be convinced if you gave uh, I don't know, throw out a random coach who, like John Harbaugh is a good example. I'm not gonna say Bill Bill Belichick, but say John Harbaugh. If you gave John Harbaugh this team, one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, this is this is a 12 win team. And I firmly believe uh, that. Like, yes, know, yes, J- uh, Chris, Chris. I mean, I, this- I would agree. We saw it, Chris. We saw it happen. We were on. You were guys, on that track. You were guys, on that but, pace. But, but listen, we had we we've had three years uh, of like the samples. Sample size has been three years. We've had one good year, which you can you can honestly attest that to just being a fluke. Like based uh, off what we've uh, seen, based off what we've seen, you can absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, there's too much uncertainty to be able to say that, in my opinion. Honestly, you can you can have a talented roster and still have needs that need to be addressed. I mean, both the, the both can be true. Both Fair. can be true. We don't That's we don't have to take a, a black or white stance. Both of these things can be true, and they are true. 
But I mean, that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. You you do have the players. Ke- to Kevin's point, yes, you have talented players. Yes, you could be a 10, 11, 12 win team with the right quarterbacking, with the right coaching, because we saw it. We saw the uh, let's, the potential this team had in the first six weeks of the season. We saw it. It was right there in front of our faces. However, there are needs that need to be addressed, and it, it, you have to address them. You have to come up with a plan to address those because you can get back to that if you play it the right way. Now it's just a matter of actually doing it. Yeah, I, I, I hear – but my whole thing with this is just that, like, the the talented players that we say we have are players that are getting up there in age, and that's why it's a risky game. Man. Well, like, not necessarily. Not necessarily, Chris. I mean, Rokon Smith is know, the best, man. one of the best players on the defense. He's still on his rookie contract. Eddie Jackson just got signed to a massive extension. Kyle Fuller's here for another two years. Jalen Johnson's a rising star. Khalil Mack is here for two more years. Robert Quinn's here for three more years. Allen Robinson, if he gets franchise tagged, which I believe he will be here for another year. Um, who else? Darnell yeah. Moody's going to be here for four more years. Dave Montgomery's going to be here for two more years i mean i completely i i completely disagree with that i mean yeah and to Danny's that i would team. also say that you have guys that can step up and fill those shoes then sure. even if you have some regression i'm fully confident that darnell mooney could become a wide receiver one type of threat in his future and we thought anthony miller could have been that maybe he would be with the right coaching uh cole Komet is look i mean look what cole Komet finally did yesterday with the targets you know, so well, you have you have, you have pass, but other sure, than that, but you ha- you have guys that can step <laughs> up and fill these shoes that are going to be left open when you maybe have an L- when Allen Robinson goes to like Miami or something. Darnell Mooney, I'm fully confident in. Uh, you know, Riley Ridley, we saw get some action yesterday too for the first time in however long. We could finally take his face off the milk milk cartons, but. It, it, you so you have set certain aspects of this team set up so that even as guys start to age, you have these young guys that can step up and fill those shoes. And then it's especially true on the defense. Like Kevin said, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, those guys are there. You know, you, you have those pieces. You just and I know it's hard to look in the future right now and say, oh, can we because, re-? again, I used Anthony Miller as, as an example of a guy who had potential and just flamed out. Um, but again, maybe the coaching was part of the issue there or whatnot. But it, it's hard to look at the future and say, oh, yeah, these guys, Darnell Mooney is going to be wide receiver one. I, I get that. That's hard to do. But, I mean, just like we were saying with the assets and the holes, both these things can be true. You can have guys get older and, and maybe they don't regress as much as you think. Look at how many play. I mean, Russell Wilson is just turned 30. He looks like he's an MVP. Aaron Rodgers is 36. He's playing like an MVP. And granted, the quarterback, quarterback position is different. But, I, I mean, you see it all around the league. You can find examples everywhere. I mean, do, like, do you guys think uh, – so, like, right now, you guys don't think a guy like Robert Quinn has to be replaced? I don't think so. You, you've, mean, been like, trying, you, you've been trying to find a Robert Quinn for the last seven years. I mean, you've been trying to find you've you're been trying to find guy, that second edge rusher for years. You're paying that guy a ton of money and he has done nothing. Absolutely Chris, nothing. He is he is I, I don't know exactly where he ranks in terms of like getting paid on the Bears, but he's up there up there. And you can listen, you can also Robert get out, Quinn, out of that contract whenever you want though. The way that it was set after, up, you can get out after this year or the next year, however you want. Is it is it after this year? It's it's I think there it's sure. harder it's harder this year but you can absolutely do it after the next year I'm willing to eat that for one year that's fine I know there's I know there's an out after next year um but I didn't know I mean here's my thing with with Robert Quinn guys go look at his numbers okay 
other than that Cowboys year that just happened out of nowhere last year, like I, I really t- today, uh, one of my best buddies is a Cowboys fan and he randomly messaged me. We were talking about the bears and he was talking about Robert Quinn because the whole off season, he was hyping him up to me. He's like, man, like this guy's a beast. Like you guys got a, an absolute monster next to Khalil Mag, this and that. And you know what? I, you know, I'm going based off last year. He had a good year. You know, Cowboys fans are telling me this. I'm like, okay. And then today I, I was like, man, like what is going on with Robert Quinn? So I go back and I look at his numbers. Okay. Robert Quinn has honestly, the last three years, other than last year has done pretty much nothing. And I'm scared that's the player that Robert Quinn is right now. Because, like, you know what I'm saying? There's more evidence to prove that that year was a fluke than not. That's not true at all. That is, that's not true at all. What, you, what? you look at his set. Look, look, look. 2011, let's go through it. 2011, 15 okay. games played, rookie year, five sacks. 2012, 10.5 sacks in 16 games played. Why are we going? Back I'm, I'm going through all the years. I'm going because I'm going through all the years, Chris. Listen, 2013, he was an all pro and a pro bowler. 19 sacks. 2014, all games played. 10.5. Okay, 2015, injured. Played only eight games. Had five sacks. Would be on pace for 10. 2016, played only nine games. Had four sacks. Would be on pace for around eight or nine. Uh, 2017, played 15 games. Had 8.5 sacks. That's great production. 2018, 16 games. 6.5 sacks. Okay, that would be technically, statistically, other than his rookie year, his worst season in Miami. 2019, 14 games played 11.5 sacks would have been about 13 or 14 probably if he played all games and then Chicago he's got one Chris the statistics here show that Robert Quinn is not a bad player and you're playing right into my point that I've been making the whole episode these players are not bad we have people out here complaining about Khalil Mack guys Khalil Mack didn't just become a bad player. That's not how this thing works, okay? This is directly from coaching. You have a coach and a staff that cannot get the most out of their players. You watch other teams get the most out of undrafted rookies, and we can't get the most out of an all-pro, one of the best players in the league. I mean, what do we, that is the glaring, glaring issue here. Khalil, Robert Quinn's numbers are there, and they are visibly there. The sacks are there. The solo tags are there. The tackles for loss are there. He had 23 tackles for loss in 2013, 13 last year. I mean, the QB hits are there. The fumbles are there. Everything is there for him. And 2020, there's a gigantic drop-off. Is it because he came to Chicago? It's just magically he comes to Chicago and he's a bad player. No, it's because of the coaching staff. It's because of Matt Nagy. But, so man, this, that doesn't that, that doesn't make sense in this scenario, though. What do you what, mean it doesn't make Ro- sense? Robert Quinn's job is to get to the quarterback. And that has nothing to do with coaching. He needs to get to the quarterback. Sure. He is not doing it. This guy is a vet. He doesn't need coaching anymore, man. He's not getting to the quarterback. He's not. Dude, outside of last year, he hasn't had a double-digit sack season since 2014. That speaks volume. Because yeah, he's been I mean, he injured. I just read you the stats. Other than tw- other than other than other than yeah, 2015, 2016, he was injured. He hasn't been really hurt since 2017. He missed two games for the uh, Cowboys last year. One in uh, 2017. And I mean, where like that's not. I mean, he's not out here missing games since 2017. He had he's missed three games. I mean, I like, am I, stunned. I am stunned by this argument right now. We are splitting hairs right here. Talking about Robert Quinn while literally the building is on fire. I, I mean, well, I'm well he's stunned, a representation, but, but this, representation of the problem, though. Yeah, I, I agree. 100%. I would agree with that. Yes, I, I'm with Kevin. Like, I think this is what needs to be done. Like, honestly, go down literally every player. And that's OK if there's disagreement. That's OK. Like, that just makes for better, you know, conversation and whatnot. But you got to actually, like, look at this team like. I just I just think that Bears fans do this thing where, you know, a couple people start hyping up a player and they bring up one good point 
And then people just stick with that point no matter what. They Like, yeah, like, that's fine if that's happening, but there's still this. And it's like, Robert Quinn, I mean, you're paying that guy a lot of money, man. Like, a lot of money. And I, I'm just... I'm not sold on Robert Quinn. I'm just right. not. Like, well, that, just goes back is, to, that goes back to evaluation and Ryan Pace. Yeah, uh, but also, yeah, to Kevin's point, look look at what Leonard Floyd's doing in L.A. Yeah, now, yeah, a, a year after he leaves like, Chicago. No, I, I, that I agree. No, no, like, I'm not disagreeing at all that, that coaches deserve uh, blame because it, I think that's the main thing. But I just think, like, like you know, there is something with, with a couple of these players, man. Like, I truly do believe that. Like, Sure, but that's going to happen. That's sports. That happens. Of like, that, that just of happens. Course. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's why I feel like, you know, I'm kind of – I don't know if I agree with that. That Like, this whole go, this all goes back to the whole retool thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Like, we, we have some players that a lot of people would be, you know, blessed to have. They'd, they'd feel lucky to have, of course. Um but, you know, with a mixture of age and then there's just some guys like Robert Quinn is in that tier or is like in that type of player for me that is just like I'm, it's shaky. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, and this, I, I don't this know. Just, this just brings us back to the point that we've been hammering the entire time. I mean, we've been recording. We're about to go into 30 some minutes now. And it's the same point. It's the same point we're saying over and over. You have to yeah. get the right talent evaluators. Yeah. You have to get no. the right people. No, well, Ryan, no. Ryan, Ryan Pace no. stunk. He, he, he missed it. Robert Quinn paying him that much money. If you brought him in on a more reasonable deal, fine, whatever. I think I don't think we'd be having this discussion. No, it's the fact that Ryan Pace 100%. thought he should pay him that money, and that was just a way huge overevaluation of what Robert Quinn was worth. So the next guy has to be here and has to be able to evaluate players properly. He has to be able to say, all right, Robert Quinn is worth maybe half of what he's getting now, if even that. Like you have to be able to have these guys that can actually evaluate players properly yeah. and put them in positions to succeed. You, you, yeah. you have you have to have a guy that can look at Leonard Floyd and say, okay, if we pay this whoa, guy, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I'm, I'm, I'm using you would have crucified Pace if he kept Leonard Floyd. I mean, that, that is I agree. Agree. absolutely. That that is the point I'm making. You have to find a guy who can say, all right, Leonard Floyd is worth something. We can get something out of him over Robert over paying Robert Quinn a hundred million dollars. You have to. Yeah, that, no, that's the, that is the entire point. But I, I think I think Kevin's point is that like. He was kind of in a lose lose because okay, let's be real. If he brings if he brings Leonard Floyd back instead of going after a guy like Robert Quinn, the entire city of Chicago is gonna want his head on a stick because we we all talk. We already about how, do. How how Leonard? No, Floyd... th- this was back in 2019 off season. Sure, but yeah. the the thing is like we're looking at this. You guys you guys are looking at this the wrong way. I don't care about what Ryan Pace did anymore. You can dangle the Cleo Mack extension or extension and trade in my face all you want. I care about today. I care about what's going on right now. I miss me with this bullshit about Robert Quinn and, oh, I would have been crucified if you'd taken Leonard Floyd. I don't care. Dude, d- talk, stop talking to me about what happened a year ago. Talk to me about what's happening right now, and that's what I'm trying to say. Talk to me about who the next guy is going to be, who the guy who is that's going to fix this, and find the right fucking players. Yeah. Well, I mean, all I'm trying to tell you is, go, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, so, so what I'm trying to tell you is, that, you know, people say, you know, what, what is the percentage blame for the GM and the coach? Okay, is it 50-50 Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy? Is it 60 Ryan Pace, 40? This is a situation where I think it's 90-10. I think it's 90 Matt Nagy, 10% Ryan Pace. Okay, that's the way I see it. So you can bring in the good GM, and I, and this is why I'm tr- I'm trying to place big emphasis on why the hiring of a coach here is far more is far more important here to the hiring of an executive. 
executive. Yes, the executive will will make big decisions, and that's good. But the hiring of the coach, based off of what we've seen, especially the past three years, is far more imperative than the Who's GM that's going to be hired. Who's the one bringing the coach in, Kevin? Okay, well that okay, so so there that oh, you're correct. That that is an issue. That is an issue. Okay, the the one who's bringing the coach in is an issue. But that is also part of that. That's you know Ted Phillips as well. He's involved in that. That's not a full decision made by Ryan Pace. But sure, the but pro- this, I'm the guy I'm that talking here. Had one meeting with John Fox and was like, "Yep, this is our guy. This is the guy who said, Correct. all right, Nagy, he likes Trubisky. He said the right things about Trubisky. He's our guy." And was wrong, so horribly, laughably, comically wrong both times, back to back. Back to yeah. back. I, wait, Kevin, Ted, wait, Phillips, you're saying? Kevin, I have a question for you. I, I'm confused on like, uh, um, I, I'm just a little confused on your point. Like, are you are you saying like he pace you wouldn't want him to get fired? No, I would be fine with him getting fired, and I he should he he likely should be fired. But I'm just trying to make the point here that. People are, you know, destroying Ryan Pace more than they're destroying Matt Nagy. And I think that is the complete well, wrong way because, to look at it. Well, that's because we've been destroying Matt Nagy for the last six weeks. You know, the, yeah. we've yeah. said the well, same thing about Matt Nagy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can only beat a dead horse so much time, so many times. It's time for Ryan Pace to be, yeah. be getting the blame because we haven't but, talked about it enough. That's man, why. This is new material. I, but no, I but have, like <laughs> – I've defended Ryan Pace for so long. Um, And and honestly, like, ironically, I'm actually kind of in agreement with Kevin. Like, I I do actually think that, um, you know, Pace has been lit up. In my opinion, he's definitely been lit up uh, over the last, like, what, 18 months or so. He's I think he's gotten his fair share of of slander and whatnot. But like he he's done a lot of good. Okay, and I truly believe that. I truly he skated think by on on the laurels of the Khalil Mack trade. He has skated no, by. That's, no, and that's not true. That's not true. He skated by on three things. Three no. exactly three moves: Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, and Akeem Hicks. He has Wrong. skated by on those three things. How about Roquan? Wrong. How about sure. Roquan? Okay, How about Roquan's turn to start? Fine. back Packers. How about yeah, I mean, Jalen Johnson? You had to do that because otherwise you would literally be looking at Prince of Mukamara still on this team if you had let Kyle Fuller go. You had yeah, to do right. that. Was necessity. That, that was necessity. That was back against the wall. We cannot afford to lose this guy because we have no other replacement. Fair, fair. But like, okay, you. But but think about like the whole problem is the good for uh, Ryan Pace has always been really good. Like it's always been like a hit. But then when the bad is always really bad, and that's kind of the problem. Like that's. That's really all it is. Um, I, like, I just don't think you can mess up how he's messed up and still keep your job. But I don't believe that that he didn't set this team up for success. I don't. I, I truly don't. Agreed. Um, I, I think, you know, he got you. The, this, the last three years, you know, he's given us this small window. Um, and under the, you know, under the right coach, who knows, man? Who knows? Because we just finished talking about how there's a lot of talent on this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys were defending it. I was the one making the claim, but like that, you know, they weren't, they were maybe slightly overrated, but you know, the point still stands like he, he's done the good, but the bad he's messed up on so bad to the point where it's like, you can't bring him back, you know, but uh, and that's kind of where I stand with it. It's just, it's, it's, it's astounding that you went after that Eagles loss. It's astounding that you had one issue. You had one position of need and you yeah, failed to address that's it. That's fair. I mean, and then, and then you somehow have compounded your problems. Yeah, you, you, that's you've, fair. A, you've added infinitely more somehow. Yeah. You were a playoff I mean, team. You were a 12-win team. 
And then somehow you're, you have these problems start popping up out of nowhere. You had yeah. one issue. No. You had one thing to address and here you are. You, perfect. How, how do you, this how do you perfect. keep your job after that? Because okay, yeah, well, this is the good is good. But when you fail so spectacularly every other step, then what's the point? Yeah. You're right back. You're right back where you started then. You yeah. can't hang no, out you're the good explaining the bad perfectly. Ones. You're explaining you're right. it perfectly because you said in, you said in 2018, you know, they were they were a playoff team and then things got worse in 2019, 2020. Right. You know, things, just you know, problems just started to pop up. Did those problems start to pop up because Ryan Pace wasn't bringing good players because players were leaving the team? Is that why? No, there has been not a lot of roster turnover the past two years, and yet these problems are coming up. Who does does that fall on Ryan Pace? Is that Ryan Pace's fault that these problems are popping up? You got he's hiring the coaches, Kevin. Okay, who's the, yes. Who's the one? I'm just, I'm just, look, we're talking about talent evaluation here. We're not. I'll get to hiring the coaches, and we can talk about that. Back in 2017, when they hired the coach, what happened in the Chicago Bears in the offseason 2017 is they were caught up in all of the you know the new trends of the NFL, the Sean McVay's, that we're going to hire a young offensive coach because this is what's new in the NFL. It took about two years to figure out that that's not the way you're, it's going to work. Maybe Kyle Shanahan is an anomaly. Sean McVay is a fine coach, but he's a little bit more than just offensive guru. That whole idea of hiring an offensive guru and all that was a trend in this NFL that lasted for about three years and then has kind of been proven that it doesn't win you Super Bowls. It would have won you a Super Bowl uh, aside from Andy Reid, but he doesn't really, I don't think, fall into that category either. They got caught up in that trend, and it's Ryan Pace's fault, but the next coach they hire has to be a representation of the Chicago Bears in that team. No, 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 no. Well, who— Who's who's representation of the NFL of the Chicago Bears are we letting go? Are we going with Virginia McCaskey's representation? No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about the, the representation of a successful actual Listen, team. I'm I'm talking. This is not a situation. I mean, this is not a team that you can just try to thrust into. Uh, you know, this is never going to be a team where I don't think is going to have a top five offense, and you're going to be built on that. I mean, I think for the next decade, you can assume that this team will be built on their defense, and they will win with average to above average offense. And I think that's a fine formula. I want that to that's be the terrible. formula. That we, is why that, that, why you don't have to want try to force dude, building a good listen. offense. That, you tried that for three years. It didn't work. Dude, the days of – listen, because you chose the wrong one. That doesn't mean that the, the whole you know mind state of that is, is wrong. I mean, dude, listen. When was the last time a defensive uh, coach got hired and it turned out to be successful? Just let me know because literally every defensive-minded head coach – or every defensive-minded coach that becomes a head coach fails in this NFL. Like, it's – pretty much proven at this point like you talk about matt patricia dan quinn like the list goes on and on i like i i just think there's you you can find way more success with an offensive-minded head coach um you know you bring in the right defensive coordinator it's not even that it's just a guy who knows what he has you kyle shanahan look at look look at look at mcveigh look at shanahan look at uh what's his face in arizona uh freaking uh kingsbury uh, you, you, they know what they have. They know what they have to do. They know what their weaknesses right. are. Nagy doesn't do that. He can't accept his own failures. The man just yeah. doubles down and always looks yeah. to play the blame game. Yeah. And, and now you have, and Pace hired this guy and Phillips hired Pace and these guys all stink. These guys yeah. all, these guys all need to be sitting at home tomorrow, today, yesterday. Like um, these guys I, need to not be in the building anymore. I'm all, I'm all the way against uh, uh, you know, a retreat coach, um, you know, especially a defensive minded one. I, look, you, you need a guy that knows what he's doing on offense. You just have to. It, it, it's it, look, look back like this. This is my this is my biggest my biggest pet peeve because I read this. I was reading Adam Hogue's art, uh, column last night. The fact the fact that you had Chris Ballard in the 
palm of your hand. You had him right there. And because he wanted to make some intricate changes, because he wanted to change how things were done that the McCaskies and that Ted Phelps didn't like, you went the other way. Unbelievable. How how do you still – are you allowed to run a team after that? How? Ballard said he wanted this Bears job. Ballard said, I can see the success here. I can make this a Super Bowl team. And and then Phillips said, great, awesome. And Ballard said, but I want to have control. And Phillips said, nope, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. Asinine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's that's the problem. Like, you know, it starts at the top. Like we talk about it all the time. You know, everyone knows it at this point. Like as long as things are going to as long as things continue to run how they're being run, nothing will change. Like you you need you need the right guys, like Jake has been saying. And, you know, they just they're they're set on on this one way. And if it's not that way, they're just not going to do it. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, it's this goes back to what Jake has been saying all episode. Um, you need the right guys. You need the right guys. And we'll see. And I, uh, Kevin, just one thing real quick. Um, the the main reason I want that offensive minded head coach is mainly because we're more than likely going to bring in a younger QB, a rookie QB, a guy who needs. I, I want him to grow with the head coach. Honestly, I don't even mind if they do it the same way they did it with Nagy, except they need to find the right guy. Like, that's really what it's about, in my opinion. I so I think I kind of rephrase wrong. I don't I don't necessarily want a defensive minded coach. What I want, all I want is a coach who can get you want to hire a coach who can get the most out of their players. Offensive, defensive, special teams. I don't I don't care. I don't give a crap. Give a crap. Give me somebody who's going to give guys opportunity and get the most out of their players. Brian Flores from Miami. Great, great example. Great, He's a guy. Great he, coach. Great coach right now, doing great things over there. And he, you know, Tugatovailo is doing whatever. Uh, he actually got benched, but we don't. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't. I, I don't necessarily. He, he's a little bit hurt, benched, whatever. He was playing poorly one game. I don't know. Regardless, I don't think you need to be keen on finding a guy just specifically to help your quarterback. I don't. I don't know how much I believe in that and believe in that scenario because it doesn't apparently it doesn't take long for them to fall out on that quarterback if he doesn't pan out well. And you have to find a guy who's going to be willing to work with not just the quarterback, but with everybody in the pieces that you have. Uh, And, you know, I I don't like I'm evaluating this based off the past three years. And maybe Matt Nagy is a gigantic anomaly of this vision that I have. But like, sure, Eric Biennemi is good. You know, some of those other guys are good, but you have to be able to ensure that they are involved with the like this cannot just be you are hiring this quarterback so you can help this specific player who was brought into the building in the first round this year it, it can that cannot be the way you are you're taking a look at this I, I just don't think that's the right way to look at it because then you've got you know all of a sudden the defense I mean guys the defense we almost see the defense is independent uh like of this team like there are two different entities to this team the defense and the offense like they do they are not one you know we see these as two completely different units like the head coach is not even we don't even feel like he's involved with the defense like when the defense plays well we don't even give credit to the head coach like that is not the way it should be and I think that's part of the reason why I'm so kind of turned against this this kind of offensive minded coach because I feel like it's polarizing it's it seems polarizing you know you get this guy who turns into the offense and all of a sudden you know there's it's just separate give me a guy who's involved with everything does it all is going to make every player better and every single aspect of the team not just the quarterback not just the offense 
Give me a coach who represents the organization. This has been a team who's for decades, they're, they're, they're built on hard-nosed, gritty football. Give me a guy who brings some fire, brings some passion, you know, brings a little bit of punch-to-the-mouth type mentality. Like, that is what you were looking for. None of this cute bullshit, Santa Slade, you know, fucking trick plays all over the place. Enough of it. Give me. That's what I say when I mean give me somebody who represents the well, organization. You haven't even seen it. And, you haven't and, seen it in and, two years. What do you yeah. mean? You haven't seen Santa Slay or anything? Does yeah, but like screenplays and all that film yeah, crap, agree. man. Sure. You know, but I, I also – okay. I, I would like to say I think I think you're kind of – I think Chris either misspoke or you, you might be taking it the wrong way. I, I think – I don't think Chris is saying you need to get a, a guy for the quarterback. Yeah. You need to get a guy because you're going to have a new quarterback. You're going to have new faces at – key positions so you need to get a guy who can work with that that was what Nagy was supposed to be for Trubisky and it didn't work obviously but I, I think Chris is saying you need someone who can handle that responsibility and can, who can evaluate the talent properly and know what they have I don't think he's saying you need to get this guy you you need so and so for you need coach x because you're going to draft player y I think Chris mm-hmm. is like correct me if I'm wrong Chris but I think he's just saying you need someone who knows what they have and can work with it yeah, no, absolutely. Kevin, um, I, I just think like that, that whole I don't think it needs to be polarizing. That's my thing. Like, I, I think I, I, I want a, you know, I, I'm going to even disagree with you a little bit like that whole thing about, you know, give me somebody who's gimmicky, bro. Give me give me a, a newer head coach who's a little bit gimmicky. I don't care. Give me some something new, you know, a, a new offensive mind. That can, you know, that 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 can scheme things uh, up. And, and you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't I mean that know. it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that he has to completely just, you know, turn turn like his head to the defense. That's not what I'm talking about. But just, you know, someone who can work with a quarterback. Uh, and, you know, I, I just don't want these recycled NFL coaches anymore. It just doesn't work. Give me something new. Um like, give me something, you know, a head coach that does stuff that, you know, we haven't seen in the NFL. I, I, I want something new. I, I want to try something new. And, you know, if all else fails, then it fails. And, you know, then you can change your your philosophy or, and, and whatnot. It, but it, it's the, it's the same know, thing. Dude. It's talent evaluation. Look at these other teams making it work, though. Look at the yeah. look at the Rams. Look at the Cardinals. Look at uh, the Dolphins. These teams are making it work. You have to you like I I don't know how many times I have to say this talent evaluation, knowing what you have, knowing who's there, knowing what they're capable of and then using them and then letting them do what they can actually do to the best of their abilities. And that's why Phillips needs to go. That's why Pace needs to go, because you need to clean it up completely. Yeah, I I, like I'm 100 percent with Jake. Like you need I'm, man, I'm just trying to look for the right words. I have like, it all makes sense in my head, man. I'm just trying to put it all into words. But I get you. I, I, I just like, I don't want that same type of coach. And and the reason I think Matt Nagy is an anomaly is basically because of exactly what Jake said. Like we've seen the example work. We've seen it work in Miami. We've seen it work in, in, uh, in LA with the Rams. You've seen it work with San Francisco, um, you know, and Arizona. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you have, like that coach and that young quarterback, I, I think there are like you, you have half the half the thing down, if that makes sense. Like the rest of it should be the easy part. But I think that co- uh, you have to bring in a coach that knows what he's doing with a quarterback. You just mm-hmm. have to. You have to bring in a coach who knows what he's doing, period. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you I honestly mean- could stop after that. Yeah. 
See, Chris, I don't think that's – I still don't think – like, dude, like yes, to an extent. But, like, look at Mike Vabel. Like, he's a great example in Tennessee. Uh, just a guy who gets the most out of his players. He's gritty. Uh, we're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. We're going to run this hard-nosed football. He, he's changed the ideology. He's changed the scope of, of Tennessee Titans football over there. And, and, and he's not done it through being cute with the quarterback. Like, Ryan well, Tannehill – Well, that's easy been, to do when you have a superstar running back. Yeah, but you know, still, but I mean, Ryan that, and that's, and that's, the point. that's the Chris's point of knowing what you when you have something there, it should yeah, be easy yeah, yeah. because it, it should when you, when you can make Ryan Tannehill a playoff winning quarterback. And exactly. granted, we all knew Tannehill was probably better than he played in Miami. And, and that situation in Miami is exactly what we have now where players just not meeting their potential. And then Vrabel goes in there, creates a culture, commits to something and says, all right, we're going to win on the back of this and I can make these guys better. Mike Vrabel has made every single player on that Tennessee Titans roster better. Yes. Every single yeah. one. Yes. Every and single player. Except be, maybe Derrick Henry because he was already very, very, very good. To be completely no, he made fair, too. To be completely fair with the Vrabel thing, they like there's a lot of a lot of people are giving credit to Arthur Smith, who's their offensive coordinator. So like in a way, you know, that's kind of like they had the right pieces. Like they brought in the right pieces, and in that scenario, yeah, it ended up working. But you know, you bring in like that defensive-minded head coach, and you don't even find an average offensive coordinator, I promise you, you are not winning anything. Where, whereas where if, if it's the other way around, I definitely think you can make it work. That's my stance. I, I know, like, you know. And, I, I and to his credit, stuff. Mike Vrabel is probably one of the smartest guys in the NFL, the way he uses timeouts and penalties. Like, he's absolutely yeah, a, he, a mad scientist, and he's incredible. He's a good, he's a good coach. Like, you can... You know, just, you know, you look at him with his players in practice, like he's always like I, I've seen him doing drills with some of his players, like literally yeah. doing drills against them. The so. Titans literally had a covid outbreak and they're a playoff yeah. team. Yeah, like literally. I mean, like that, that's that just a guy who gets it, who knows what he's yeah. doing, who's committed to his team. And that's an executive who saw this guy for what he was. He and was like, this is the guy and let him do his thing and let him have say over the roster and what he wanted to do. And then executed that decision and executed that image. You have had none of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that I mean, I don't that's really all there is to say about this, man. Like, I, I just. You know, and and this whole Titans scenario kind of literally, you know, brings you back to that to Jake's point about how you know you bring in the right pieces, things are gonna work. Like that's just you know common sense. Yeah, it's, it, it's just so frustrating. Like because you just as fans as viewers of this team, we just deserve better. Like this is yeah. the, you deserve way better. This was all supposed to change ten freaking years ago when Lovey left. This was yeah. all supposed to change. You were supposed to, ha you had these pieces, you've had these pieces over and over and over and over. And there's people here and there's players here and there's talent here. And then you can't get the right freaking guy who knows what the hell he's doing. It's, in yeah. it's insane. It's yeah. bananas. Yeah. No, I it mean, is. you, you can't, I don't like there, you just can't disagree with that. Like, that's just, I mean, you know, it, it, that whole thing about deserving better, like, man, I, I it's like I've actually been saying that for the last maybe I think 10 years, like you said, like since I was in middle school, you know, I was just like, man, like we don't deserve this. We deserve better. And, you know, at that point, I'm just speaking out of emotions like I'm mad. My team sucks. But, you know, the older you get, like, you just scope this out and it's it's pathetic. Like the team, it, it's just like a cycle. Being a Bears fan is a freaking cycle. Like, you know, the, you, the amount you, of players and the amount of talent that this organization has let go by the wayside and waste yep. away on this stupid freaking team is yeah. unbelievable. 
One of them being in a, already in the Hall of Fame. You probably have one on the team right now, if not two. Like, it's yeah. bananas. It's yeah. insane. It's crazy how much talent has walked in and out of that door and gotten nothing for it. Not uh, a yeah. thing. It's, not a single thing. It's crazy. Pathetic. pathetic. Crazy. Yeah. Like, it's I... And, absolutely insane. You know, the whole Bears fans deserve better. Like, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, we that we do deserve better. You know, there's a lot of people who put a lot in this team, and you know they'll cheer their hearts out every Sunday, um, and, and all that. But it's like, I, I like, it, it, you're right, and I think the reason why all this disappointment, like where it comes from, is because you're in or not year in, you're out, but at least the past few years, and why this hurts so bad, and why this day, November 30th, in 2020, hurts so bad, is because. You know, not only is this franchise and this organization held to a different standard than some of the other teams that they're being compared to right now, like the New York Jets or some of those other teams that have been, you know, had big playoff droughts or, you know, haven't been there a lot in the past 20 years and are looking like, you know, just fractured organizations is they're, they're held. The Bears are held to a different standard. You know, they're one of the originating franchises of the NFL. You know, the, when you think NFL, you think Bears, you think, you know, they're one of those teams you think of. Um, but also the reason why it hurts is, is like, I mean, this team should I mean, they should be, they should be, you know, I don't know what, like they should be eight and three. They should be seven and four, nine and two. They should be. And they're not. And that that's why this hurts so bad. And that, and that's why, and that's really the narrative that this conversation has been surrounded by is because it, it's not just the fact that, you know, they haven't built this team correctly and they, they haven't brought in the right pieces. They haven't done all the things they possibly could. You know, I think they've done the things they possibly could um, from bringing in the right player standpoint and not living up to that, that. I mean, that hurts more than anything. When you have high expectations and you're let down week in, week out, especially after you start five and one in a year. I mean, it hurts extra. It hurts extra because you have the expectations for this team. And I think that's exactly why this moment. I mean, this is a hurting moment, man. It, it is painful. I mean, yes. seeing what happens to the Bears, it is painful, man. I mean, it really is. And it's because it's because of that expectation and because of that. That standard that you know we we, we hold this team to and, and rightfully we should I mean this is one of the charter franchises in the NFL that you know you look at some of the other charter team well, what are now the charter teams like yeah. the Ravens okay the great okay great great we're the Cowboys now awesome like what <laughs> yeah well I mean, the Cowboys what do you mean like as in like yeah you had this you had this team that was you know one of the yeah. staples of the NFL and great we're right there with them as a shit-ass yeah. team yeah yeah I mean it's it's yeah, so just I don't know. I re- just going back to the whole Bears fans deserve better. Like the reason I always say that is because, like, I'm I'm honestly not saying this just because I'm a part of the fan base, but man, like I don't know many other fan bases in all of sports, let alone football, that are more passionate than Bears fans. Like Bears fans, like yeah. man, we we like the things we do for this team honestly the fact that we still support this team really says it all like from what we everything we've talked about in this episode like they the, the ownership proves they don't really give a shit and we're here giving multiple shits forever and it's like you know it, it's like bears fans are just so passionate like they want the absolute best for this team they've been you know they, they've been starved starved for it and it's like you know it's just the same shit over and over so like, that's where that whole we deserve it thing. It's not an arrogance thing. It's nothing like that. It's just Bears fans are just, man, like, we, like, you, you really take a step back. Bears fans are passionate as hell. And it's proved week in, week out. 
Look, I I've spoken to Alan Robinson's agent on Twitter before uh, in DMs, and and we were, we've been talking about some things, and and his him uh, Brandon Parker's agent and his father have actually repped Bears players in the past: Cedric Benson, Devin Hester, Alshon Jeffrey, Rex Grossman. You know, Alan Robinson's agent has a strong lineage to the Bears franchise and the Bears organization. And I think that's why you see a guy like him who you wouldn't expect, you know, to, to be speaking out and, and as passionate as he is on Twitter about, you know, what's going on with Alan Robinson. But what he told me was he loves the city of the fans and and he made himself. He said, y'all deserve better. That That's what he told me is you guys deserve better. Like this isn't even just Bears fans and people with a strong connection to the team. And this is people around the league, uh, you know, who aren't even associated with the Bears and, and to some capacity who feel the same way, who, who are looking at this situation thinking, man, like you know these fans in this city and you know as passionate as these people are for this franchise and and then just to be let down like this man and that's where that pain comes from but to i mean just to expand on that point there like it isn't just Bears fans who feel that way about the whole deserve better thing. Like, you know, people watched that game last night and, and everyone's saying the same exact thing, man. It, yeah. it, it's just, yeah. it, it sucks. It sucks. Man, I have so many people that I, that I know that are Packers fans and like, I shit you guys not, man. Like just the past month, I've just been getting texts. They're just like, I'm so sorry, man. Like you deserve better. And this is, this is coming from Packers fans. The moment uh-huh. Packers fans are, are feeling bad for us is the moment things need to change. Because the, yeah, honestly, when, it, I, when it's I'm not a, even I'm, fun for Packers fans to punch down yeah, anymore, that's yeah. how you know it's bad. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's turned into straight up embarrassment. And, and it's like, I'm just going to say it on, like straight up. I don't want to be friends with Packers fans. Don't feel I don't want you to feel bad for us. I want to <laughs> beat the living shit out of your franchise. Like, I want to pummel them into the ground. So whatever, you know, needs to change for them to not feel bad for us, make that happen because it, it's past the point of embarrassment. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it was fun two years ago because you had a good team that was <laughs> two good yeah. teams that were actually finally on the same level. And then we uh, were all just collectively were able to beat up on the Lions and make fun of them. It was awesome. But now <laughs> here we are. We're right back to where we were before that. You know, you got one you got one year. Hope you guys enjoyed it because we had one year and we're probably going to see it again in about five. So, yeah, hope everyone enjoyed I, I, I that saying, little, uh, little run I, of success. I keep saying, guys, I always say this. Um, 2018 is by far my favorite bear season ever. And I know we didn't win anything. And, you know, we, we've had seasons that I've been alive for that we've made it further. Um, but it was just that that season was just so much fun for so many reasons, man. Like I, I just like I wish we could go back. I really wish we could go back. I had so much fun. I don't know about you guys. I don't know. I could be completely off here, but no. like there was something about that year. Like I, and well, I was, well, it was because we had appropriate expectations. I think I, before that season started, we all predicted what eight, nine, ten wins somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. And and then you went and you won twelve, thirteen, whatever it was, and. You yeah. you were great. You were feeling you you went above and beyond expectations. You said, "All right, the Bears are back finally. Like this is it. They got they arrived a year ahead of time. Awesome. It, it felt like it felt like a Cubs 2015 year. You know, like exactly. it, it felt like you were a year ahead of schedule. Awesome, cool. We'll take whatever we can get because now we're here. We're here to stay. We'll be right back here. And then that's why this then that's why this fall from grace hurts especially so much more because yes. you got pumped." You got excited. You were there. You had reached it. You had reached the finish line. You were there. And that goes back to my point of view. You had one problem to address. And you were there. You were feeling great. Everything was falling into place. Finally, you know, you had the right coach. Finally, everything was – everybody was delivering on the promises that were made. It was awesome. And then now here we are, and those those were fraudulent claims. And everything that we thought just turned out to not be true. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, and, and, what's going to yeah. hurt more, a jump from 20 feet or a jump from 10 feet? I mean, that's really what yeah. it is, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Right. It's the expectations. Right. Yeah, I, I, that's, it's just that, that, it's that's why insane. I always say that's why I always say like it's the hope that kills man like it's really it really is it really does come down to those expectations because like it meant 2018 that that was mainly because of the expectations um, you know I said I don't really know why but like that's really what it was um, so yeah that's yeah. and you were, you were expecting an average team and you got a playoff team and, exactly. you, were, and yeah. you were and you know the the day we woke up and saw the you know Khalil Mack trade had been completed like that was, it was crazy like and these things were like holy shit they're going for it they're swinging for the fences and now here you are and we're talking about Robert fucking Quinn like, well, like <laughs> here we are like are you serious like it's insane oh, it's just God. the absolute like Kevin said what hurts more and this hurts way more let me tell you yeah yeah, and it's gonna be funny because I I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm probably gonna get my hopes up the next four games. I I, I probably am. Uh, you know, they they play four atrocious teams the next four games. Hell, they They're might win two of them. Team. Yes, but they, Jake, they should win the next four games. They should. Have you watched? Win the have next you four watched games. this team lately, Kevin? I've watched have this team, watched Jake, and I will tell you objectively, they should win. They should win the next four games, regardless of their current situation. So there's going to be a scenario where they could win the next three games, and all of a sudden they're eight and six, and people on Twitter, the narrative is changing. They can make the playoffs. All this, all that, and it's just going to all get let down again. That's my. That's yeah. probably what's going to happen. Um, I mean, I based s- off the trends that we've seen, it's set up perfectly for it to happen. It's a. It's set up. <laughs> perfectly for us we play True. four of the worst teams in the nfl coming up we're gonna win three of them we're gonna look like oh my god this might be a you know eight the playoffs are gonna get expanded because the nfl is a goddamn mess because of covid there's gonna be eight teams we're gonna oh we're gonna sneak in at number eight and then we're gonna lose the final two games and it's just gonna be the same exact bullshit at this exact that like we're talking about right now it's gonna be the same thing Dude, well, welcome listen, welcome to eight and eight in the 21st pick I, overall folks I, w- I was just gonna say i was just gonna say like how bit how bearsy would it be for we're sitting at five and six right now i know i know kevin is probably still against it but i'm in full t- like if they were if they were lose to come out, out and say lose we're out tanking, yeah, if they were to come out and say we were tanking, I'd be completely fine. But would, that scenario that that scenario that Kevin brought up about them winning a couple games, getting everyone back in, and then finishing only to finish eight and eight would be completely like I would laugh. I would laugh. I, if anybody, some if you are if you are if you get roped back in on this team this season, you're a fool. <laughs> you're a fool if you allow that. Don't to happen. call me a fool. No, like, like so, fool. so like, Jake, Jake, Jake. No, that is unfair. No, that is unfair. Let me tell you why, Jake. That that I st- I still think that is unfair because then you're kind of painting you're telling fans how they should be fans like that that's not fair sure, you're, sure, you're essentially sure, telling sure. fans to show up on Sunday and cheer for the team to lose that's not fair sure. I, I'm not I'm not telling I'm not, you how to be a fan but sure. I am judging you okay <laughs> that's unfair like you I don't care look what like. I don't like as a Cubs fan. The Cubs were terrible for 15 years, uh, longer than that. As a Bulls fan, they've been terrible the past I don't know five years. Like I still watch games, no matter regardless of which situation, wanting them to win. That's just the way I'm gonna fan, and I guarantee you that's the way probably 90% of fans want to do this. This is we are clouded by the view of being podcasters and being analysts, and you know, you know, trying to really break this down. What's next? You know, draft pick, all this, all that. I can guarantee you, regardless of the situation, a majority of the average fan just wants to see their team 
win on Sundays. I mean, the guys, that's all these teams want. I mean, I am all in on building a winning culture, wanting to win every possible game you can. To me, that's far more important than rebuilding and you know, all losing three games and then winning some more and then losing three games three years after that and, or winning, sorry, winning three games and rebuilding and all this. Like that is to me, not the way I'm going to do it. Uh, I want my team to win every time I turn on the television. And I, I think that's a way the majority of the fans feel. So I think it's kind of unfair to say that if you're rooting for the team to win and you still do believe there is an outside scenario where they could make the playoffs and whether you like it or not, there is a statistical chance that's actually not that low that they can make the playoffs for them, for you to say that it's wrong for somebody to believe that could happen. I think that's completely unfair. No, listen, I I don't think it's wrong. I mean, sure. I mean, we're fans. That's how we're wired. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 and you're right. You're right. It is unfair to tell people how to, how to do their, how to live their fandom. That's fine. My, I'm in this camp because I firmly believe and, and rather not even firmly believe, but I, I'm terrified of the idea that this team goes eight and eight or nine and seven and that nothing changes. Like that, that, you, that's my fear. That's my you, one, guys, I, that, that's why, because that's why I would rather them lose out because then we're guaranteed to see a change. And I'm terrified that if they go eight and eight or, or better, that you're, you're, you're seeing the same stupid assholes on, on, on the sidelines next year. Listen, listen, do you guys now see, I'm so happy Jake brought that up. This is mainly for Kevin. All right, Kevin, I'm not calling you out, but do you see why do you at least understand why I said I wanted to tank a couple weeks ago for this exact reason, this ex- exactly what Jake just said, because I was not confident in this team. And then, you know, you're playing what four bad teams left. And it's like, you know, there's a very real possibility. They finish eight and eight, maybe even nine and seven. And they're like, wait, Hold up, we didn't finish. We didn't right. know that bad. These, these that's bozo, not going to happen. No. Oh, it absolutely will. You, no. You have oh, not, you're so wrong. Come on, Ke- Ke- Kevin. In the 20 years that you've been on this earth, you have not been paying attention to how this team operates. Then, yeah, but, I mean, but, those but look, bozos will it, run up if if they. And it, this is especially true if they make it in the playoffs or miss the playoffs by like a game. Those yeah, bozos will on. run it back. Those bozos That's, will run it back. Yeah, I would completely disagree. I would completely disagree. I mean, this you are looking at a scenario right now where there is no point in return for those guys. They, 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 what happened on Sunday night was that, you know, click moment where, okay, this is happening. It's going to be they're, – they're all going to get fired. Even if you make – unless you win the Super Bowl, unless you win the Super Bowl – by somehow chance you win the Super Bowl, everything like there is no point. There is nothing that can happen here that is going to salvage their their job. I promise in you. I mean, what you, and, and, world? And, in what world has any sports franchise ever fired oh their God. coach after going to the playoffs and winning a game? Oh my outside God. of I Doc mean, Rivers, it, oh, outside happened, of basketball. It, it, it's happened time and time again. I mean, you, you you look at teams. I mean, this is why the Lions fired Jim Caldwell back in what was it, 2017? They had went nine and seven that year, but they weren't. And the reason why they fired Jim Caldwell is because they thought they had more for potential a Super on that Bowl roster. for a guy who had been in one to the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, but but this is what I'm saying is you had Jim Caldwell there nine and seven, but they weren't satisfied with that because they know they had more potential on that roster. So they said, let's fire a guy and let's get a guy who can bring us to the Super Bowl. And it look happens. what we've done it's, for the last three years. We've been we've been laughing at the Lions. Like this is the, the, you're expecting this to be a con. Yes, sure. Teams a, a team would fire a guy if they went to the playoffs. Sure, and they had a replacement that they thought was better. That's a competent franchise. Though. Those competent franchises do that. Com- Competent franchises will go and take that opportunity. Hey, These bozos at Hallis Hall will never do that. What was Lovey Smith's record the year he got fired? Uh, was 10 it, and 6. 
I'm pretty sure it's 10 6. I'm pretty yeah. sure. There you go. Lovey Smith's record when you got but fired was wait, 10 Wait, wait, six. wait, wait. But listen, but listen, but listen. The thing that's scaring me that we haven't mentioned at all is the fact that time and time again, at every time it seemed like the Bears were on a spiral, it would always be reiterated that the Bears like view Ryan Pace's family. They love Matt Nagy, and that's been reiterated. That's why I'm scared. They'll be they'll they'll honestly want to give him that benefit of the doubt if they do miss a, miss the playoffs by a game or even make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of where this stems from for me. Like it's just the fact that that's been reiterated. Like don't be surprised if he stays. Don't be surprised if he stays. They love him. They love him. And it's like you know you you, you look at it from from the scope at, at the end of the season and the team is eight and eight, nine and seven. I mean you know what I mean. Like I feel like that a team can definitely get fooled by that. Nah, I, 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 I don't I would, think I would 100% agree with that. I, I would I would honestly be I would honestly agree with you if Sunday night didn't happen. If Sunday night didn't happen, I would agree with you. But when you get embarrassed by your arch rival and you look at the record and what do they say? What Virginia McCaskey and the front office and all those people up above tell the coach to, and the most important thing that they talk about when they are interviewing a head coach is we need you to beat Green Bay. That is the most important thing you can do as head coach of the Chicago Bears. Have a winning record against the Green Bay Packers. That is the most imperative thing that you can do okay. as the Okay, but in, in, in this stupid freaking hypothetical that we're doing in which the Bears somehow win more games and sneak into the playoffs maybe, that implies that they probably beat the Packers then. Yeah, and but then you the still look game. at the overall so then, record so as being so by, six, by your logic, so. then they're safe. If, they, if no, they're I, last week, no, if it's over the Packers, then they're good. Sure, by you won one game against them, safe. but their overall record would still be 2-6 and six against the Packers. I mean, it doesn't change okay, anything. But, okay, but then you end the season on a high note. You uh, just missed the playoffs, but you beat the Packers then the year. So those bosses are going to say, all right, great, we're in, we're heading in the right direction. Let's run it back. I, I just, Kevin, I really, Kevin, I really, what? I, I feel like you're, I feel like you're just trying to be more hopeful that, it, like, you're hoping it happens. Like, you want that to happen. Sure. You can't, yeah, of you course can't. I am. I'll no, admit no, no. it. No, 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 no. I know we all want that to happen. But what I'm saying is, like, I feel like you're speaking more from, like, because you want it to happen. Like, you, you can't tell me you don't oh. you can't see a scenario where they come back knowing the Bears and knowing that, like, you know I what I mean? In this hypothetical. Literally, well, the, literally, the article from, like, two weeks ago was from the score about Ryan Pace having endorsed himself as a member of the family. And he's ago, really tight with ago. them. Wait, wait, hang on. Not not two weeks ago. Literally, this past week, it was, like, on Wednesday. There was a yeah. report yeah. about yeah. how don't yeah, be surprised. It was the 20th. It was 10 days ago. It was yeah. 10 days ago. Yeah. So, okay, I mean, so, like, so so let me, let me play this scenario out for you then, and then we'll wrap it up. And play this scenario out for you. Bears, Bears went out. They go 10-6. and six. They win a playoff game. End of the year, Ryan Pace stays. Matt Nagy gets fired. What is what? How are you feeling about no that shot. scenario? No you shot. Said, you, you said, uh, uh, sorry, can you say that again? You said Ryan Pace go. Ryan and- Pace stays. Ryan Pace stays. Matt Nagy gone. Oh, uh, no I, I would definitely rather have it that way than the other way around. If, if, well, yeah. if that's that's the only way to put it. Like, I mean, if it were up to me, both are gone. That's that's. Oh, how so, I mean, that's what's going to happen because we're talking about a dumb scenario in which the Bears somehow make the playoffs. That's not going to happen. This team is done. I, sign, seal, deliver. This team is defeated. They don't care anymore. It's they, they've to the they, defense just, checked out. This team does not care anymore. This team. I, I these guys. Think, I don't think you can I, say that. I, I, I can't even care. commit. I don't think you can say that. We've that's just what Kevin. We just watched this team lose what six in a row now. This team five. has lost sit one, two, three, four, five games in a row now. It does not mean they don't care. You can't tell me. You can't tell no, me. No, fine. Team. Maybe they don't care, but uh, we've just watched this team lose five in a row. Probably going to continue, and you're probably you might lose to the Lions, honestly, on Sunday. But the the thing is, 
that's not going to, we're not even talking about a scenario that's likely on the table. These guys are both gone because this team stinks. The organization stinks. Everybody in that building outside of the players stinks. So it doesn't even matter because this team is going to lose probably, uh, you have what, one, two, three, four, five games left, and you're probably going to lose three of them. At least. Oh, no, no, no. I completely disagree. They'll for sure lose two. They'll for sure lose two. I don't think they'll for sure lose two. Up and down the field. They're 100% not being the Packers, so you could already chalk that one up. Right. This team team is going to have a losing record. At the very best. Wow. I disagree. This team is done. These guys' guys jobs are going to be open. And once the season's over... I mean, the season ends on on January third against the Packers because you're not going Jake, to the playoffs. You're not doing anything. These guys are both. Go, these guys are both canned on Black Monday. They have it. to go three and three and two to finish eight and eight. Yep. And like, I awesome. can't see them winning any more than three games at absolute best. Honestly, I think the most likely scenario is they finish nine and seven. That is the most likely scenario, but there is a chance that's, that's an insane take. Four and one. Six if the Packers rest their starters in Week Seventeen. I guys, this is this is part of the problem too. How many times in the past have we talked about overreaction Monday? Yes, a lot. Everything we are saying is justified, but do take a step back. I do dare you to take a step back and look at this team and look at what they did do prior to Sunday night. Okay, bro, and I know it's lost, lost four in a row. That's bro, what they, okay? dude, they've but lost look, five what, straight games. Yeah, that, that, what do you mean? Pri- prior to Sunday night, they lost four in a row. Kevin got Let's embarrassed go against the Vikings. Talk, got embarrassed against the Titans. Got embarrassed right. against the Saints. We're bringing about we're not getting embarrassed. Let's bring out the receipts then. I mean, week after week, guys, we're talking about oh, this team only you know they should have beat the Saints given the quarterback was different. They should have caught, probably beaten the Titans given the quarterback was different. They should have probably beaten the uh, the Vikings given the quarterback was different. I mean, guys, what are we talking about here to an extent? I mean, we have to understand that these were the things we were talking about just three, four, five days ago. Just five days ago, we were talking about this team and how they have talent and how with the quarterback they could be eight and three. I mean, Jake literally said that last. Wednesday. But, but they're not. Last Wednesday. The problem is we're we're living in a reality where they're not. They lost yeah. those games. Dude, You're too Kevin, far Kevin. gone now. You're you too far gone. It. It's too late. It's too you late, Kev. You can't call it an overreaction after five straight losses. Like that's like, dude, no good team loses five straight games. Like that's just that that's uh, being a good team is out of the. Like, I'm just saying. It's out of yeah, the at some at some point you have to try. You have to stop the bleeding. And yesterday you just you reopened the wound even more. You added about three four wounds to the issue. Like at some point, good teams stop the bleeding. You haven't done that. They've shown an inability to do that. And that's and now it's too late. Yeah, sure. You know they they should have won those games. Yes, in an alternate reality, the Bears have a winning record. They're headed to the playoffs. Awesome. But it's too late. It happened. You lost those five games. You're five and six now. You're spiraling. It's too late. You, you can't go back. You can't take those games back because they happened. The record is the record. All, right, All I'm saying is what we were talking about. And I, I, I know that Sunday night was a bad loss. But what we were talking about literally just six days ago, literally just five, six days ago, uh, was a completely different narrative. And yes, one game can do that. And a stretch of five games, uh, you know, and part of it is too, I don't put a lot of stock into some of those Bears losses because of the quarterback situation. I'll be completely honest with that. I will be completely brutally honest with you that I don't put a lot of stock into some of those losses because I do believe that those games could have been won with a different quarterback. And I know you're going to okay. shit on me for that. Oh, okay, and you go can't. ahead. Don't and put stock in it. The record's the record. Okay, but th- but that the record is the record because of that though. Like, that okay. that is what I'm trying to say. I think I think we're missing I think we're both kind of missing we're all kind of missing the point here. What I'm trying to say is 
there there is a chance whether you what regardless of what you how good or bad you think this team is there is a legitimate chance they could win next four games against terrible teams in the Texans a terrible team in the Jaguars a, a terrible team in the Lions and a very beatable team in the Vikings you whether you like it or not whether you love it or hate it there is a chance that could happen okay so that is all I'm saying here that is all I'm saying and you can't deny the fact that there's not a chance that could happen and you know you I mean this is the any given Sunday all of that I mean like the Bears aren't going to be underdogs next week. They're not going to be underdogs for likely the next four games, okay? That's the reality situation. The team is not going to quit. The players aren't going to quit. You thought they were going to quit last year. We were the same conversations back when they were 5-6 and six last year, and then they came out and dismantled the Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. I mean, we were having those same conversations about quitting, and, and it's, oh, we're going to spiral, spiral out, and all this. And, and they ended up 8-8, eight and eight, and they played a lot harder opponents than they do this year. That is all I'm saying. Because I promise you, the guys in those locker room, I mean, you have high character guys. This team was built on players with high character. That's why they brought those guys in. If you had a player, you know, all of guys who were of terrible character, yes, I would believe in the fact that they would lose out. But these are guys like Eddie Jackson, Kalumak, who are willing to speak up, who are willing to hold themselves accountable, who are going to go there week in, week out and play their heart out. So that's that's all I'm saying. And I don't, I don't know if we have anything else to add, but that, that's, that's. I mean, my, sure, uh, sure, there's a chance, but where does that get you? There's a chance. Right, then wait, what? Then Kevin, what? That's, Kevin, that's my Kevin, question. To you. Wait, Kevin, I, ahead, I have Chris. a quick question for you. What, what would it like? What is going to be your tipping point? Like where? What? Like what would it take for you to be like? Okay, like th- I'm done. Like this team, I'm out on this team for this year. Probably if they lose to the Lions next week. Yeah, Probably. like. You you think it's it's GGs? Well, yeah. I mean, if they lose to the Lions, there's statistically no possible way they can make the playoffs. Really, technically. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, mathematically, mathematically no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see likely, what you're I see you know. What you're so, yeah. I mean, if they, if this week, if they had lost to the Pack, if they have lost to the, let, let's say they played the Lions this week, and it was 41 to 25. And they had lost, and Mitch Trubisky had played all 11 games, and they were five and six. I'd be completely checked out. Hell, if the, if, the, if if everything was the same, and Mitch was the quarterback for all five weeks or all 11 weeks, I would feel the same way. But you know, I feel I, I feel differently. I, I I do. I mean, we didn't even talk about last night's game, but I'll blatantly say Mitch Trubisky. I would say, and you're gonna hate me for this, did almost just about enough for you to win that game. Okay. Uh, and, uh, what an insane thing to say. Okay. Look, yeah, yeah. I, I figured. I figured. I figured. I figured. Here, it comes. Here it comes. Jake. 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 I just want to say that one thing. That is a I, crazy. It's not crazy. I, it's I not just crazy. Absolutely out of pocket. Jake. 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 Kevin, I like you. We're friends. That is the most. Wait. Wait. Uh, let me just. Let me. <laughs> that's a crazy thing to say. That is an absolutely insane thing to say. He had two. Horrible touchdowns okay. or interceptions. Okay. He had two horrible interceptions. And like, in what universe did he play well enough for you to win that game? I just want to say one thing. I just want to say one thing. Okay. Not that it matters because to me, you guys know, I've been saying it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. But I do want to mention, in my opinion, the offense. There was there were more opportunities yesterday than I saw any of the four Shocker. weeks prior. And look, Mitch Trubisky, he was the problem is when he makes his mistakes, they are so goddamn terrible. But in the grand scheme of things, like I think the offense looked a tad bit better. I really a tad do. bit, a tad bit, a lot of bit. Jake, 
Jake, I under I like I can understand your your disbelief. I, I actually don't understand your belief. It doesn't make any sense to me. Look, the offense last night in the first <laughs> quarter, I could tell run better than it ever ran the first six weeks. I mean, it, it took one play from David Montgomery. The offense rushed for over a hundred yards. What if I told you that? Mitchell Trubisky threw for three touchdowns. What if I told you that? The fumble was not his fault. He was face masked twice on that play. You can't chalk that fumble up to him. That's a brutal missed call. The interceptions were brutal. I can be on board with that. But this was a functioning offense that scored 25 points. And how happy would you be that they scored at least 25 points? I mean, that's a miracle for this offense. And they were moving the whole entire game. The offense was actually functionally moving. And this is what I said. You were moving except for the the two interceptions in which you had. any moments have killed. The reason why I said this in the pregame show is because of this exact moment. What I specifically said, and you can go back and listen to it, and I know you guys remember what I said. I said, I would rather have Mitch Trubisky take a deep shot and throw an interception than have us three and out uh, of three straight checkdowns to Ryan all and have them punt the ball away. I would much rather have the interception. It's technically, to an extent, an arm punt, and you at least tried, and the offense was at least moving. I would 100% take two interceptions over 100 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, and you get 200 total yards of offense. I'll take the two interceptions all day. Give me the two interceptions. I love it. I love all of it. So I don't – yeah, the two interceptions were terrible. But this was an offense that actually worked well. It was an offense that actually moved, and it was an offense that gave you the opportunity to win the game, and the defense didn't hold up their end of the bargain. End of story. End of story. I I agree with all that for the most part. but I'm not going to lie, like the fact that we're talking about the offense looking better and seeing how they actually played yesterday kind of just shows that we are at rock bottom. Thank um, you. But thank but, you. But we're literally, said, literally said, shining, I, I, shining a turd right now. Literally. I, I will say, though, like this is just an observation, but I 100 I percent believe the offense looked better with Mitch Trubisky. They looked like they were at and least able to move down the field. You got the same oh, result. You're yeah, no, in no, the same right, spot right. you've right. been in the you last You scored three five. touchdowns, Jake. You still lost. The record is the record. You are still in the freaking depths of the league. You are still not going anywhere league, until Jake. these bozos are out. You are still not doing anything. The record is the record. The score is the score. You lost. You've lost five straight weeks. You're not going anywhere. We're, we're polishing a turd right now. Everybody needs to go. Get those bozos out of there. Get someone who can make a decision. And then I'll talk to you next year. The record is the record. I don't care about the players. I don't care how well the offense ran. You lost. You you are five and six. You stink. You still stink. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to the playoffs. You're not winning a playoff game. You're ending up with a losing record. Get these bozos out of my face. Get me someone who can do the job. And then talk to me. The record is the record. The result is the same. Five in a row, probably going to be six this week. And then you're j- just get these bozos out of here. I don't care how the offense runs when you're still losing games. I, I think, you should care. I think it's pretty funny because in a way, I don't think either of you are wrong. And, and I think that's also like part of the problem is because like 100% Kevin is right about the offense looking better, but Jake is also 100% about it literally not mattering at all, which is like in the grand scheme of things, like you just look at it like, damn, we are absolutely screwed. Like, I don't know, man. I, 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 I just think you saw an offense. You saw an offense that if had been playing the way they did on Sunday night, 
the previous five games would not be in the current situation that they are in right now. That is the main point. And I think after what you saw on Sunday night, you can agree with that. You can actually agree with that, that the way they played on Sunday night, this offense has the cap- is capable with the right quarterback, with Mitch Trubisky, to be better than what they were the previous six week, weeks with Nick Foles. And I think that's the main takeaway and why also I do have, you know, whatever thoughts I have about the remaining games of the season. That's partially where that comes from. And we now not only do have statistical evidence, we have our own eyes uh, and our observational evidence of that exact thing. I mean, Chris right here, uh, the guy who was rock bottom of the offense just admitted the same thing. So I, that, that's where I'm coming from. I mean, like, Jay, yes, you can be upset and, and, and you can talk about burning it all down, but you also can't, you also can't just ignore that. You, you can't just ignore how the offense did play last night and that aspect of the game. I know they lost and we would talk about that, but just as we have talked about losses and wins in the past, we've broken down how the offense and the defense has played in those games as well. So you can't just, you know, take that out of the equation. It has to be brought up and it's hard for you. You know, I, I can tell you why it's not being, being brought up because people are afraid to bring it up. They're afraid to admit that the offense looked better under Mitchell Trubisky. They're afraid that that is somehow a scenario that the running game looked a hell of a lot better under Mitchell Trubisky, which is what we were saying would happen for the past six weeks. It's, it's, it's no surprise to me. It's no surprise to me that what we saw on Sunday night is what we got. I mean, I, I expected this. I expected the offense to look good. Dave Montgomery ran for 57 yards. Can we talk about that? I mean, how refreshing is that to see? So, that's where it's all coming from for me. So you can't just ignore that. Um, we've been we've been going for a while, so we should probably wrap it up. Uh, this is a damn long episode. It's, yeah. it, I mean, justifiably, justifiably, because there there is a lot that needs to be talked about, and need to be said. Um, but I'll just end it on this. I mean, I mean, you can you can have your opinions on the team. You can have whatever thoughts about burning it down, break it up, all that. But next Sunday. I'm gonna be sitting there rooting for the Bears to win, and and if you don't like whatever, I mean I I don't care, but that's the way I'm gonna operate. I want my team to be in the playoffs. There is still a possible chance that it could happen. If there's a chance that it happened, I'm going to root for it. I hate tanking. I hate the idea of it. Even if you do, uh, you're not going five and eleven. The team is too talented, regardless, to go five and eleven. I'm sorry if you think that's a scenario that's going to happen. It's not. Um and and you know it's you know so if that's not gonna happen, then just go for it. So. I, I, you know, good episode, guys. We broke it all down. We talked about it all. But, you know, come come the preview show, I'm going to be telling you and, and trying to find ways that the Bears can beat the Detroit Lions on December 6th. So that, that's where I'll be. I mean, objectively, you're too talented to lose five in a row, too. But that happened. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you, OK, but you have to look at the teams that you play versus the teams that you are now playing in the next four games. You also have to take that into the equation. Objectively, yes, but. You play four of the worst teams in the NFL coming up, okay? We're not playing the Rams, the Saints, the Titans again. We're the best teams right now in the NFL. And the Packers playing four of the worst teams, okay? All right. <laughs> you you are one of the worst teams, too. So I. Jesus, criminy. All right. I, All I, right. Is not one of the worst teams in the league right now? Yeah. I mean, I, look, you can't you can't say no to that after losing five straight. Like, I just I, I think at that point you're being crazy. Like, Object, objectively, at, teams at look the, forward to facing the Bears right now. At the moment, at the moment, I mean, they're 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 right there at the bottom, in my opinion. Like, I, I, I just know. really I'm, I'm, the Bears I'm, on I'm the just, same I'm, level I'm as just the Jaguars. I'm. Uh, yes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I I can't uh, respond. Listen, listen. The team isn't the team. Yes, the roster is better, man. But like, if they're not performing, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, like, how are they better than the Jaguars? Like, 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I would, I, I, all right, I'm done. I just can't. I'm, I just can't do another year of Nagy and Pace. That's why. Like that's. It's fine. Like, Neither can I, and it won't happen. All right, it's gonna be fine. It's not going to happen, regardless of any situation, unless they win the Super Bowl. It is not going to happen. Not I hope going to you're happen. right. I I really hope you're right. Yeah. I, I you know I, I want that to be true, man. Like I really do. <laughs> I just, man, I just, I, yeah. I want to believe you, Kev. No, I really do. The, the Bears have given me no reason to trust them, though, and that's kind of where this all stems from. Agreed. I, I'm with you, Chris. They they haven't proven us wrong before, so that's, uh, I agreed. I, th- yeah, those bozos, they all got to go. But, um, yeah, long episode, talked about a lot, and, you know, Hell's Hall is justifiably on fire right now. Um, not sure how Nagy still has a job. Uh, I really hope that Chuck Pagano is coaching this team by the end of the season, but probably unlikely. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know what? You're still talented. Sure. You do have um, bad teams coming in the next few weeks. So yes, there's always a chance, but I, I just need Nagy on the street and I need pace on the street and I need Phillips on the street. Goodbye. See you later. But <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Um, good episode, objectively. Still, I mean, I think this is probably our longest episode ever. So, oh, if yeah. you're still here, if you're still here listening to us, I mean, credit to you. But uh, I feel like I just fans. ran. A, I feel like I just ran a marathon. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll we'll talk to you guys in the preview episode uh, for the Lions and try to find. I know Kevin already does, but me and Chris will try to find something to tell you why the Bears can win this game. So we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening. If you're still listening at this deep in the podcast so thank you to the listeners of course and i can't believe i'm saying this but bear down (laughs) bear Bear down. down